my wonderful partners, how are you? I'm sure you're doing great. And to Jesus be the praise. Listen, today, again, my studio is still under construction. We're building and finishing now the second set. So I just finished ministering at Charisma and it was powerful. So I want to show you uh, a part of what happened today that you will really be blessed by. Thank you, by the way, for your support. Yesterday, the numbers were tremendous when we took you and showed you what happened at my children's church a few days ago. But what what happened today, I want you to see and be blessed by. And then I'm going to come back and pray with you. So watch this. And thank you for being my wonderful partner. I love you. Watch this. Lord, I thank you for what you're going to show us. And I pray today you'll bless this wonderful staff. And bless this ministry. Bless Steve and Joy, the family. And Lord, bless the book yes. we're writing yes. together. Yes. For your glory. And I mean for your glory. Yes. In your holy name. And God's people say amen. amen. The reason I want to I wanna talk to you. Well, first, I'm really excited. We're working on this new book. Mysteries of the Anointing. Let me tell you how it all came about. I have written, Good Morning Holy Spirit, uh, The Anointing, and other books on the subject, but never thought in my life I would write something about The Anointing I'm, I'm really writing now with Debbie, because I did not know it back then. And the reason we are calling it The Mysteries of The, of, of the Anointing, because it is in many ways mysterious, once you understand it. <clears throat> so I want to just say a big welcome to all the dear people watching us on social media. And uh, we would like you all to know that the book, I think it comes out next year, right? April. April of 2022. And please be looking for it. And once I'm done talking, I know you would want a copy. Um, here's how it all began. 2010, 11 and 12 were the worst years of my life. And I don't want to go through all that happened, but my wife and I were divorced. Could have happened to anybody, frankly. And God brought us back together in 2013 and remarried the same wonderful girl I'm still married to now. We got married the first time, 1979, August. And Steve Strang was in my wedding, if you can believe it, it was that, but we, we goes way back. But uh, her daddy was the pastor of Calvary Assembly, very anointed man, very, very powerful man. Sadly, uh, in 1982, One. is it 81? He left the church. And I don't want to even talk about why, but he left the church. And it brought a lot of uh, struggles in our home, uh, not because of him leaving the church, it's because of what happened after he left the church. Well, anyways, so uh, Sue and, and I continued uh, living happily for a long, long time. We are very happy now. And But about uh, maybe 1990-something, in the mid-90s, is when the troubles began, and that's because we began OCC here in Orlando, 
83, and the church went from zero to 10,000 in three years. So the pressure got really uh, quite bad on me, I mean, and the, and the family. And then we, I began crusades all, all throughout the world. So anyways, you can just imagine all that came uh, all at, at one time and caused a lot of ups and downs. And then the divorce happened. When the divorce happened, I did not realize God would put me in a amazing school of the spirit. I, I went to school all over again, not knowing I was in school. What happened, uh, I would be preaching while I was struggling with what was going on in our home. And the anointing would be more powerful at times than it used to be when I was young. And I was puzzled, like, how can God use me in this way when my own personal life is struggling? Now, I don't know if any of you went through any divorce, and I would beg you to not ever think about it. Because it's, it's very, very uh, harmful and destructive to the family. My children suffered because of it. Uh, God has been very, very gracious to our family in that our children today are doing so well. My precious daughter Jessica, my firstborn, and Michael, her husband, have Jesus' image that's growing throughout the world. My precious Lily is a pastor's wife in Tampa of a large church. Tashi has her own ministry in California. Joshua is now at uh, Full Sail University. He's a top student learning uh, musical engineering. So he'll be, he'll, he'll, I think he's graduating this year and be making a lot of money. I hope he will be a donor of, to the ministry. <laughs> Anyways, so uh, it's been a, it's, it's, it's a good story. It's a good story of what God has done with us. But now those three years <clears throat> were not good at all. Uh, lawyers got involved. Uh, the divorce was very, very expensive, and uh, it cost $870,000 for the divorce. And uh, a couple, to my amazement, paid for it. One of our partners, the Lord spoke to a precious family to pay my bills for the divorce. That was another amazing miracle. But I would be on the phone with lawyers. I hired a lawyer in Los Angeles, a woman, lady lawyer, and uh, she would call me quite a bit or I'd go see her in her office down in uh, Central Plaza. Uh, and then we'd have to deal with Suzanne's lawyer, it was quite painful. And other things that I don't wanna even talk, talk about. But here I would be on the phone, uh, struggling with all this, and then that night go preach. Well, you probably can, can understand when somebody's struggling like that, your prayer life begins to die. Uh, fellowship with God is not a, as strong as it should be because you're, you're, you're in survival mode. Um, what really was great is I really uh, got into the word even deeper just to keep my peace, you know, mentally. But, I would go preach 
<clears throat> and have big, big meetings all over the world. And I would walk off that platform wondering, how could this be like, I didn't even pray today. Or I didn't even read the word today. Why would God do this? Um, there, were, there were times when my spiritual life was really in a bad place in those horrible three years. I mean, I had high moments like we all have, but the Lord had a lot of bad ones too. And I would see the, the anointing work in such a way I could not figure it out. So finally I came to the conclusion the, the anointing that comes on me when I preach has nothing to do with my life. Mm. It, it took that to show me that. Because we, we, we preachers, and I think most believers, never think about the difference. We think the anointing, we just uh, go on with it. And then I had to look at the Bible. I said, okay. And I did say, I said, Lord, show me, uh, am, I, am I right? Am I wrong? Is this something that maybe I shouldn't even look at? And I happened to be reading First John chapter 2. And verse 27, I was reading the, the whole chapter and much, much more than that. And then I noticed, even though in the, in the past I would just keep going with the chapter, I said, wait a minute, I don't have this. Because it said, the anointing which abides in you, I'd like to read that to you. I think it would be a very eye-opener for all of you to just notice how the Holy Spirit <clears throat> how the Holy Spirit gave us this truth. First John chapter 2 I like using now my iPad because my eyes are not what they used to be. <laughs> so <clears throat> my Bible is covered everywhere in a small print and you can't even read what it says. <laughs> John was was dealing I'm fine, I'm fine. John was was dealing at the time in the church with a heresy that was troubling the whole church. And the heresy was Arianism, denying the deity of the Lord, he did not come in the flesh and so on. And then he said this. And if you read that whole chapter, uh, if, if you read verse 20, 26, it says, These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. So there was a problem of people being seduced, heresies, and so on. He said, But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it hath taught you ye shall abide in him well it struck me because I'm thinking and I had taught about the anointing for ministry I wrote a book about it and I thought about it but I never paid attention to this 
the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And speaking like that, I thought, wait a minute. The anointing that comes on me does not abide. It comes, it goes. It comes when I preach, it lifts when I'm done. This says it abides. This must be a different one that I know about. And then it says, and you need not that any man teach you. Well, surely the anointing on a, a ministry or the anointing on an office has nothing to do with knowing the word because there are anointed people out there who don't know the Bible. Which I've met, by the way. And then I kept reading. I mean, they may know parts of the Bible, but they don't know the whole truth of the word. And here's what hit me. I thought, wait, wait. When I got when I got in the ministry, I did not know the Bible myself. I was still getting to know it. And this says that if I'm anointed, I don't need anyone to teach me. I need people to teach me now. I've always needed them to teach me. I'll always need them to teach me in the future. This is something different. And then it said, and the same anointing teacheth you of all things. Well, this can't be the one on my office. No way. And is truth and there's no lie. In other words, the anointing he's talking about is one that protects you from deception. Hmm. And as it hath taught you, you, you will abide in the Lord. And then I began looking at other scriptures, not just this, there's many, many of them. In fact, Debbie, you and I need to look for them throughout the world and say here, here, here. Because we've mentioned First John 2, 27 often in the, in the book. Well, anyways, uh, shortly after, I'm sitting with Oral Roberts. And that's when it really began. That's when things began to... Uh, how should I say, come together for me mentally. I'm thinking, okay, I gotta look into this more. Um, he's, at that time, he was living in, uh, uh, in Southern Cali, where I lived for a long time, 21 years, and he was there, not far from my home. We're actually in Naples. So I'd go see him a lot. I saw Oro sometimes twice a week, sometimes once a week, sometimes, at least, at least once every two weeks. And we'd bring food to him, and he'd come to the house, and his house, go to the studio. I mean, I saw him, like, a lot. And I would just go, just to sit down with him, and at the time, especially when Evelyn uh, was getting frail, you know, he would call me and say, can you come over, let's have dinner, and I'd go over. And one day I'm sitting with him. Oh, dear Lord. When that man... Sometimes he would say things to me in such an amazing way. One time, I'll tell you this one story quickly before I go on. I, I, I would go and say, pray for me, I'm going to have a crusade. And so every single time I went over overseas, every time I would go to his home, get on my knees, say, lay hands on me, I'm going to India, I'm going here, I'm going there. And he would go, he, he would always say, well, I'm with you, I'm, I'm going with you. As you go and see those evenings, I'm a part of it. And he was just so, so sweet and gracious. 
So John Jimenez invited me to go to Liberia. And I got a letter from the president of Liberia at the time. And about a week or two before the crusade, I was with Oro. And I said, I want you to pray for me. I'm going to Liberia. That time, he just stares at me. Doesn't say a word. Just stared and stared and stared till I got quite nervous. <laughs> and I always would go see him about a week or two before I would have any big, big crusade. And always pray. And, you know, everything was fine. That day, he looks at me and says, you go to Liberia, you'll come back in a casket. And God will judge you for dying early. Like this. I said, what? He said, if you go to Liberia, they're going to kill you. And God will judge you for dying early. I said, uh, I'm not going. <laughs> that was a week and a half or so before the crusade. I called John Jimenez. I said, uh, I'm not going to Liberia. What? I said, Oral Roberts told me they're going to kill me if I go. What? This? And he went on and on. Then he got really upset. You don't believe that? I said, listen, this is Oral Roberts. And when Oral Roberts tells you, you're going to die, you're going to die. I'm not going. Boy, he really got upset. He said, the president sent you a letter. How can he do this to me and to the president and to the country? I said, look, I, I, he, the posters are everywhere. People are expecting you. I said, Pastor John, I'm telling you right now. Here's what Ola, I told him then. Do you know that that president got toppled and a civil war started? Had I been there, I would have been killed by the opposition. And I came back home, I said, Doc, thank you. <laughs> you saved my life. I didn't go, of course, but when all this happened, I, I came to see him from the house. I said, to God, well, let you listen, he said. So that was the kind of experience I had with that man. Over and over, more than once. So this one time, I'm sitting, I'm saying, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask him now a, a question I have got to ask this man of God before I, I change my mind. And I'm thinking about someone that used to preach and go have sex with women. And that man was highly anointed. And I would listen to him and weep. But he would go after he would preach and sleep with a girl. I didn't tell Oro, and he still to this day doesn't know who I was talking about. And I never told anybody who that man is. I can tell Steve privately someday, but I don't want it in the book either. I'm thinking about this one person and I said, hey doc, I said, how can somebody preach with such an anointing that moves your heart and then go and do this? And I told him what? Without hesitation, he said, the anointing. So what? Did you say that? Say it again. The anointing. I was in shock. I said, explain that to me. He said, well, Benny, the anointing in your life and the anointing on your office are not the same. I said, you know what? I've just been thinking about this because of what, what, what I was going through. And then he said, he said, the anointing on an office 
If a man is not walking with God, that anointing will destroy him. I said, tell me more. He talked for probably three hours. And that's what this book started. And then he said, he said, when that anointing comes on a man to preach, he said, do you notice they become loud? Yeah? Intense. Yes. Focused. Absolutely. He said, that anointing that comes on them stirs up their emotions and stirs up their physical strength. And that's what it does. One more time. He said, well, he said, the anointing in your heart is the one that nourishes your being. It's the one that keeps you walking with God. And he went on and on with that. He said, now, if the anointing in you, in your heart, weakens as the Lord departs from you, he said, if you're living in sin, he said, that anointing inside of you is not going to stay strong. He said, you will weaken. And then he said, what happens is, the anointing that comes on you, which is a gift, and being it's a gift, God will never take it back. He said, you can lose the one in your heart, you'll never lose the one on your office. Because the one on your office is God's gift. He said, now, what happens is, if the Lord departs, that anointing stays. And because it stays, it can destroy you without the Lord being with you. Man, I got like, like you right now. I was like glued. And then he said, he said, the greatest men have fallen after the greatest moments under the anointing. I said, explain. And he went on and on. He said, do you remember Balaam? I said, oh, sure. He said, that man walked with God at one time. Later, he weakened in his heart. A mixture got in. He dealt in witchcraft, yet still anointed to prophesy. And then I said, okay, I'm going to dig right in here and I'm going to find out a little more. And boy, did I ever find out more. I found in 1 Samuel 18, which Oral never told me, but this is something I began because I said, okay, this is all I want to hear. But here's what Oral said too, that was amazing. He said, every one of us has at least one weakness. And he began talking like real openly with me. He said, you have at least one, I have at least one. He said, every human being on the planet has some weakness or maybe more than one weakness that nobody knows about except God. I said, you're right. He said, have you told your wife everything about you? No. Have you told your mother everything? No, nobody knows. I said, there, there are some things in me only God knows. He said, so it is with everyone. He said, that weakness in you that only God knows, as long as you're in the presence of the Lord, it is shriveled. He said, it has nowhere to go. He said, now, if you're not in the presence of, of the Lord, it's loose. And he went on giving me details. He said, some preachers have problems with women, some have problems with lying, and he went on through the list. He said, now, if that problem 
is not under control by the presence of God, he said it's loose. He said that anointing stirs the good and the bad when it comes on that man or that woman. And boy, things began to click in my head when he said that because I remember having people at OCC and they would, they would sit next to me. One man in, in, in particular, I'll never forget this as long as I live. And I, I never even connected that with what Oral said till he said it. I, I had a guy come to OCC, mightily anointed. When he came, when, when he was preaching, he was finished preaching, he came sat next to me. He was, his face was red. He was really moved by it. As God really used them. And he looks at me and says, you got some pretty women in this church. I'd like to know them. I thought, how can this man say that? He just finished ministry. He comes, sits, and the next thing he tells me isn't how good the Lord is or, or, or anything about Jesus. He says, you got some cool, pretty women here. I want to meet them. I want a brother. So when Oral said that, I said, oh my Lord, that's why that guy said that. Just the, that weakness came came up, it was stirred in him about women. And so Oral said, he said, the anointing on your office has nothing to do with your spirit, man. It only affects you physically, emotionally, and that's it. I said, okay, I want to know more about the one in me. That's, that's the one that really, really, really matters. And so I did. I, I, I began looking at, at the word. And here's what, what I found. But let me just say something just, just, just before I go there. In 1 Samuel 18, Saul began prophesying by a demon when he tried to kill David. In 1 Samuel 19, he prophesies by the Spirit, but he's laying down naked on the floor. Interesting, huh? He can prophesy by a demon spirit. The next chapter, he prophesies by the Holy Spirit, but his action is not the Holy Spirit. It's a mixture. Mixtures are reality today. They were then, they are today. And I began looking at the whole Word of God on men that God used that had, had a mixture in them from Balaam to Saul and others. But what I really focused on for those three amazing years, because they became amazing later, how God used it. It all began with how can God use me when I'm having all these struggles? Wow. I began studying the word even more after those three years. So in those three years, it was like, wake up. Okay, this is not exactly what you've been thinking about the anointing. Sue and I get re-restored and remarried. Everything's beautiful. And then I said, Lord, I've got to know more about this. I'm right before Sue, Sue and I came back together I'm walking in my room in my bedroom and the voice of the Lord had been silent for three years nearly and I hear him tell me I'm just waiting for you to come back home and I start crying and my relationship oh you can't believe what happened after that it was like falling in love all over again with him and today I'm, I'm not the same Benny that was then. I'm a different man because I've learned so much and especially about the Lord himself that has become my precious darling. I mean that. 
So as, as I began looking at the anointing here, here's what I discovered. And I want you all to think with me. What happened to you when you got saved? Three things that you never even think about. Number one, you became hungry for God. Number two, everything in you believed Jesus is the Son of God. Everything in you knew He died and rose from the dead. And number three, you fell in love with Him. How? Well, quite simple. The anointing within. The minute you and I were saved by the Holy Spirit, God touched our lives. And our hearts immediately connected with the Lord because we became one with Him in spirit. It says so. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. When that oneness happened, immediately what happened? I became hungry for the Word. Hungry to know Him. Like a baby when that baby is born. It's food. Secondly, everything in me knew. He's alive. He rose from the dead. He died on the cross. He's my Savior. Who told me? I didn't have to read a book to find that. That's called faith. Living faith was imparted to me in a second without reading a book about faith. I didn't have to have any, any, anyone convince me. No, nobody had to tell me Jesus is alive. I knew it. Number three, I wanted to love him. I began to love him, wanted to love him more. So that anointing within manifests itself through my hunger, faith, and love for the Lord. These are the signs of life. Like a baby, or any one of us, when, we're, when we are hungry, it means we're healthy. What, what is the first thing you lose when you get sick? Appetite. Right? So hunger is the sign of life, the sign of health. Well, same thing in, in the spirit. Number two, that faith in us comes alive by the Holy Spirit. No different than a baby begins to know this is mommy. Eventually they'll know this is daddy, this is family. No, nobody has to, has to tell the baby this is your family. Number three, that baby starts loving mommy and daddy and family. There's a bonding, there's something happens between families, especially when a mom holds her little baby in, in her arm. Wow. In the spirit is the same thing. And it grows and grows as we walk with the Lord. And his reality takes over. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm thinking about scripture after scripture after scripture. The Bible says he's, he's able to do exceeding abundantly of all you ask or think according to the power that resides in you. And you read over and over about the power in us, dunamis power, all that. That anointing, very few people talk about. That anointing is so amazing. Now you can call it a different name, but it really is the part of God. It is God's part at work in your life, plain and simple. So as, as I begin looking at it, I began to look at, at Exodus, where Moses said, show me your glory to the Lord. 
And the Bible says something powerful in verse 29 of Exodus 34. It says, Moses wished not his face shone. The anointing within makes Jesus so real, you forget yourself. He wished not, he didn't pay attention to the fact his face was shining. He lost sight of himself. So that amazing power within us brings a reality of the Lord to us. It begins to cancel our own reality. That's the power of God. Yes, to Jesus be the glory, the honor, and the praise. Listen, uh, I want to just pray with you, and then we're going to continue again tomorrow, right? With the same message. Because I'm writing this book that you heard me talk about, The Mysteries of the Anointing. And I'm so excited about it, and I said so much more that we couldn't put all on one half hour with you. So the part two will be tomorrow. But right now I want to pray with you that, that the Lord would just bless you and anoint you and use you and protect you. And I just want to say something, something from my heart. Thank you. Thank you. A million thank yous for being my wonderful family. Um, I never thought a year and a half ago I would enjoy it so much to be with you daily. Is that true, Chad? Now tell him. It's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. So when we stopped traveling last year because of COVID and we went on social media, of course I'm traveling more and more now, but uh, it looks like I'm taking you with me anyways, you know, anyways where I go. Uh, but the Lord, the Lord has done so much and I'm so grateful to the Lord and to you. And, and I'm so thankful to him for sending you my way. Because what a, what a privilege it's been to minister to you the word of God. So I want right now to just pray with you. Are we, are we on the right way? Okay. I'm going to minister and pray with you that the Lord will just bless you. Father, in Jesus' name, anoint them, bless them use them, increase them on every side. Let them be a lighthouse, Lord, to the nations, to their families, to their friends, in Jesus' holy name. And bless them financially, Lord, because, Lord, you care for our finances. You said in your word to us to cast all our cares on you because you care for us. Thank you for what you've done in, in our lives and what you will continue to do in meeting all our needs spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially. So, Lord, meet that need in their life today for your honor. And God's people said, Amen. And I want to just remind you of the promise of God. Honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of all your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses with new wine. That's his guaranteed promise to you and to me. There is that scatters and yet increaseth. There is that holds more than is right and it leads to poverty. There's only one way to prosperity as we release seed from the grounds of God's kingdom. As we sow seed, God begins to honor us, to bless us, to increase us. That's his word. So now as you, as you sow your seed, thank him. Praise Him. 
that he will meet every financial need in your life because he promised it. All right, you can sew on the platform you are watching me on or you can just go to our website, benahin.org or simply text BHM45777. You want to say good, good, goodbye to him? Oh, goodbye. Goodbye. See you tomorrow, okay? Much blessings. Okay, and tell your friends about these two days. And then another one uh, the day after. I'm going to be really and very good. Oh, yes. Sign up for our newsletter, Precious People, that you will really bless you. Just go on our website and look for it. It will really be a blessing to you. Okay, much love and shalom. Bye-bye. Yeah, at the same time. Ooh, huh? Either at the same time. I tell you, I love it. Bye-bye. <laughs>